Let's roll. Let's get, some, let's get some word out there for you to believe. Let's get some word in you to believe, to receive. Amen? Amen? And then we'll give you an opportunity. We'll give you an opportunity. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, um, speaking of opportunity, that's a, that's a word that has absolutely blown my mind in the last 24 hours. Uh, we, were, we were leading the interns yesterday, and we were reading a, a scripture, and Pastor Wade was, was reading a scripture, and, and you know, my squirrel kept on running, and I kept reading the, the verses below. And, uh, and I read something where Paul was talking to um, the Philippians, and uh, he was talking about giving and how they supported him, and there was a time where they weren't supporting because they didn't have the opportunity. Their hearts weren't, for, weren't, weren't far from him, their hearts still were for him, but they did not have an opportunity. Now, that's one of my, tith- my favorite tithing things and, and partnering with, mem- with uh, ministries because ministers, th- Paul didn't care about their money. He cared about what reward they were going to get and cared about the, the, the funds that were going to continue the gospel. But the first time I ever saw it was yesterday when it said the opportunity. And all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, Opportunity opportunity. And I kept on thinking about that yesterday. And then as today, continued to pray and so forth. I'm giving my daughter Peyton an opportunity to believe in the word that he gave me to give to her to create an opportunity for somebody to meet Jesus as their healer. I'm creating an opportunity. I'm not waiting for her to pray in here because he didn't, I don't know that he told her, he told me to tell her. So will she take that opportunity? And then when she gets there, will Alyssa hold on to that opportunity and say, yes, place your hand on my stomach? I believe. I believe. And some people may may have a a different thought with this because sometimes we must create it. And I'm not saying that we are forcing God's hand. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. God loves to see us walk in faith. It pleases him. And faith is a movement. Faith is something to go. But I must have the word to believe in, and then that faith must get me to go. So am I forcing it? Maybe. Because I believe my God wants it more than me. And he did tell us to go in his name and cast out demons make disciples of all nations, and heal the sick, right? He, I mean, he, don't, he told us that already, right? So let's, let's create some opportunities. How about that? What are we having a healing service for that, that, that Pastor Mark was led by the Holy Spirit years ago? To create opportunities for you to be healed, to create opportunities for your faith to be put into action and God smile on his face and say, oh, yes, absolutely. Here you go. Here you go, here you go, here you go. And that's what's gonna happen tonight. We're just gonna skip back and us pastors are gonna come pray for you at the end. We're gonna say, here you go, here you go, here you go, because God is smiling right now. He's smiling right now over this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What do the sick do that receives their healing? What do they do when you hear testimonies of other people getting healed? What seems to be a commonality that they do. Well, let's look at it. I mean, we should. We have a book. 
right? We have a book. Do, I think this is one of the things. They hear the word of God and receive it. They hear the word and they do something with it. The Bible tells us not to be hearers only, right, Pastor Doug? But to be doers. Hallelujah. And then, this is a kicker, they do what he told them to do. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science, Jamar. He tells you to do something, you do that. And when it doesn't happen as fast as you want, you don't go do that. You do what he told you to do. Stable. Stable. And let's look in, in 2 Kings chapter 4. Give you, give you an answer, uh, an example in case you think I'm lying. Let's, let's give you an example. That way, if you disagree, it's the Bible you disagree with, not me. Amen? It's like, don't argue with me. This is about Elisha and raising the, the Shunammite son. And let's, look, let, let's actually, let's look at this just so that you have a little context of how amazing this is. Because she created something. There must be proximity. Don't think for a second to let the government shut down churches. That's not in my notes. Don't, don't even think for a second that it's okay for the government to shut down churches. There must be proximity and the devil knows it. Ooh. Shoo-wee. In, ver in verse 9, it says, And she said to her husband, they, they were kind of a rich family, I'm assuming. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. So Elisha continued to pass by their home. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. So they, they noticed and they would feed him and then all of a sudden she's like, no, no, let's make a room. Let us make a room for him and let us, let us put those, the, all these things in there so that when he's there and he's, he's studying, he gets woken up. You know, we had a, a pastor stay with us during the, uh, the conference and Kendall comes home one day and, you know, this is the first time we had a pastor stay at the house. I ain't gonna be, I was nervous. Um, and, and it was like, whoa. And... Um, you might be laughing like you're a pastor. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not him. And, uh, and I'm simple when I go somewhere to stay. I don't care what you, give me a bed, a pillow, I'm air conditioning, cool. And uh, Kendall comes home and says, you know what Miss Amy does? Don't know if you know you taught her this, Miss Amy. She, Kendall comes home and says, you know what Miss Amy does? She also leaves a notepad and pen by, on the nightstand in case they need something to write on. Look what this woman did. Let us put a table, a bed, a chair, and a lamp. Now, they probably didn't have notepads in the day. <laughs> but I sat there and read that today, and no joke, that was the first thing that clicked in my mind. I'm like, oh, whoa, Miss Amy says to leave a notepad and pen by, by, when guests stay in your home so they can write something down when the Lord shares something. Just remember that when you have people stay at your home. Or maybe you should have a notepad and pen. <laughs> nah, you wouldn't want to do that. Nah. And so, anyways, let's go on. And, uh, and so we, we, we go, and this is unreal, man. It, it continues to go that the son 
is not there. She doesn't have a son. So how could he raise a son? She built this room. She added on to her house for the man of God, Elisha. And he says, you troubled, you did through all this trouble for us? You did all this for us? What word do you want me to give to the king? He goes, no, nothing. I'm fine. I'm with my people. I'm summarizing, but I'm with my people. She's like, well, he's like, well, what do you want me to give to you? Well, Elisha's servant comes to him and says, hey, she has no son. Her husband's old. The Lord didn't say it. Lord didn't say that. Elisha's servant came to him and let him know that she did not have a son because her husband was old. So Elisha went to her, says, I pray and command that you will, he prophesies into her life that she will have and bear his son around this time next year. That's what, that's what, that's what Elisha does. And it says, the husband's old, stood in the doorway, and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And this part's funny. Gives you a little insight of how I read the Bible. She says, the word says this, and she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. In today's context, it would probably sound something like this, shut up. <laughs> you prophesy a baby into somebody's life, like, shut up, for real? Nah, uh did God tell you that? I don't. I need confirmation. Yeah, I'm getting in your. I'm poking you a little bit. I'm poking the bear. A man of God pray, talks to you and is like, prophesize, prophesize life into your life, and you're like, well, I need confirmation. Hmm. Okay, go with that confirmation. And this is even Old Testament, and she didn't do that. So in verse 20, it says, and when he had lifted him, because the, the son was out, and, and, and he's, he's born, and he's older now, and he gets sick, and the dad, care, dad gives it to a servant, the son to the servant, the servant takes it to the mom, and the, the mom lays the child on her lap until about noon, and then he died. Didn't say he fell asleep, didn't say he was in a coma, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. I could sit on that for a while and go all the way over to, I think this woman knew about the anointing. I think this woman knew about the anointing, just like Paul's clothes. I mean, why didn't she put him in his bed? Just a thought. And then this is, this, is, this is when the story gets good. I'm going to summarize. She tells a servant, get a donkey, get it saddled up. Hey, husband, I'm, I'm leaving to the man of God. I'm going to go find the man of God, and I'm bringing him back. And the, and the husband was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, baby. Hold on, sweetie. You ain't got to go. It's not the Sabbath. Chill out. Stay the night. Cook me some dinner. I mean, he's dead. He ain't going nowhere. Just stay with him. Let me hug you and care for you. And she's like, no, I'll be just fine. I'm going to the man of God. So she went to the man of God, and, and, and Elisha saw her coming. So he gave the staff to his servant and said, hey, tie this around this. Give this to her and tell her to, to go back home, put it on her son's face, and he'll come alive. 
The mom was ain't having it. It doesn't say it, but I know how sometimes the Lord deals with me. He, 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 he probably might have told her, hey, you bring back Elisha. Because earlier in the, later in the story, Elisha said, well, he kept it from me. So even the, even the prophet wasn't being told from Jesus. So the mom dragged him. Like, you ain't, I ain't leaving with your staff. I'm taking you with me. And he goes, and the story goes, as told, goes into the room, son raised from the dead. Son raises from the dead. Mama had a word. Mama wasn't leaving. Mama created an opportunity. Mama created an opportunity. And I could, again, I could stay on this whole chapter because, well, she created it when she honored the man of God and built a room. She built a room onto her house for this man of God. She created an opportunity for her son, her loved one, that was prophesied into her to be alive. That's one example. Let's go to Mark chapter five real fast. I'll show you another example. I know everyone knows this story, but if you don't, let's get into it. So again, it's a woman with the issue of blood. She'd gone around, went to the doctors, paid, I mean, she lost everything. She was going through, but she heard reports about Jesus. She didn't see any healing, she heard. When Miss Amy says, don't be a testimony hoarder, share your testimonies, it affects other people's lives, it's a real deal. My youngest daughter got healed because people shared a testimony here of being healed from stomach sickness. It built her faith. She heard reports of healing. This woman of, with the issue of blood heard about Jesus. Heard about Jesus, and there was a woman in verse 25, and there was a woman who had this charge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. But she heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now check this out. This is for somebody. She went to many physicians, was being told many things, continued to pay, continued to pay, continued to pay, spent everything she had, but she must not have believed their report. Now, I don't think you heard me. She was at a doctor's office, at a hospital, at a cancer ward. She didn't believe their report. She believed the report about Jesus. She believed the report about Jesus. What are you believing? Is that report of the hospital too strong? Do you hold it too high? It's Jesus' name. He died on the cross. He bore the stripes so that his report would be more than the report of man. Hospitals don't create us. Jesus created us. He didn't die on the cross for us to believe man's report. He died on the cross, resurrected. He's always interceding for so that we would believe the report of the Lord. She believed the report about Jesus. If I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. 
If I just touch it, if I can just touch it, I'll be made whole if I can just touch it. She believed the report of Jesus and she spoke a word of faith. She spoke a word of faith. What are you speaking? See, because if, if, she didn't say, she, no, 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 come on. Come on. You know, if, if I would have been maybe baptized tonight in water, I would have been healed. If Jesus would have done it what I was expecting, I would have been healed. We just heard this message a couple Sundays ago. Go dip yourself in the Jordan. Nuh-uh. Right? You had it your way. Jesus sometimes isn't Burger King. Right? I can attest to this. Like, I have, like, things that I thought the way things were going to happen, and they don't happen that way. Yeah, because then it's about us. And all of a sudden, it's not about the cross. All of a sudden, it's not about Jesus. All of a sudden, it's not about your faith. It's about you and how cool you are. But that's not what it's about. If, that, if, if I was God and it ended up being all about us, I wouldn't let my son die for us. But God did let his son die for us because it's not about us. It's about what he did. And it's about what he already had done. It's complete. It's completed. It's finished. It's finished. Your healing's finished. It's complete. It's whole. It's whole. And so she said, if I can just touch it, I'll be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Now, we were in Africa one time, and, and we were sitting there in a, in a church conference preaching about something, I don't know what. Not the moral of the story about that. But, but Kendall was overtaking photos. For all your photographers that like sometimes don't, like you go on mission trips, you're like, I don't wanna take photos. I just wanna sit and be, I just wanna worship. Can I have a night off? So Kendall was taking photos and there was this, this man standing next to her and she's taking photos and the Holy Spirit, weird, as she was working, honoring what we asked her to do, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. It says, hey, pray, put your hand on this man's shoulder and pray for healing. So she does. She doesn't know what it's about. She does it. She says it takes 10 seconds. Done. Continues with photos. The testimony is this. This man had an issue of blood from his man area. And they concocted a bag that held around that would catch the blood. And he would have to go and drain it out about every 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, he said. That's a lot of blood. Now, not only is that a lot of blood, that would freak me out. As a dude, I'm just being real, that would freak me out. I'd be like, this is demonic. Why are you going to the crusade? You ain't a Christian because I got this issue. I got this blood issue. They say Jesus heals. I'm, I'm going. Right? Missions created an opportunity to have a church conference that created an opportunity for this man to go to have a photographer not complain what she was doing, but be led by the Spirit of God, set hands on the dude's shoulder, pray for him. He goes to the, to the outhouse that you know, we have to supply and, and buy, and he goes, healed, done, takes the contraption off, he is healed. What? 
He took the opportunity and was healed. He had heard about Jesus. He had heard there were Americans there and people were getting healed and set free and delivered. Kind of like tonight. Kind of like tonight. This is no different. Don't think for a second we're just having church. I'm not here to have church. I'm here to do what the Lord has called me to do and called us to do here at Life Church, and that's to reach the lost, teach the found, heal, set free, and deliver the oppressed. Hallelujah. If I can't go to Africa, we're going to do it here. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think God knows what he's doing. I think God knows what he's doing. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, let's go, let's go, let's go. In verse 27, I'm going to start reading as you guys go there. Jesus heals two blind men. Two blind men followed him, crying aloud. They, that, first off, that's a funny picture. If y'all don't imagine these stories, two blind dudes following him, just saying, well, how much did they bump into? <laughs> like two, I don't, I, I got to stop because I literally was like having fun with this this afternoon. I was like laughing. Like, that's a funny movie. And so two blind men somehow were following Jesus, walking and falling and tripping and still getting up. He says, have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, when Jesus entered the house, the blind men stopped. They turned around and went back to the street corner that they were begging from. Oh, wait, wait, no, uh-uh. No, it says the blind men came to him. They came to him. Notice Jesus wasn't walking. He had to hear people falling. I mean, they're, they're blind. I should have Pastor Doug and Pastor Wade close their eyes and, and see if they could walk across there. No, I'm just kidding. And so, and, and they would fall. we would fall, right? They didn't, they didn't stop. They went with him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this that you're asking for? You're asking me to heal you. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Notice that Jesus must have had situations and circumstances where people were saying, heal me, Jesus, heal me. But they didn't believe. They didn't believe. I've had people ask me, why didn't you pray for me? Because I didn't want to continue your, your doubt and unbelief. You don't believe till you get healed. I just ask you certain questions, and you don't believe in it. So no, I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to concrete your unbelief. No way. How about go and start reading some scriptures and, and healing scriptures, and then you come back to me and see where you stand. Right? So Jesus must have had those situations, because he was wise enough, I think. I think he's pretty smart. He says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. Their answer is amazing. Yes, Lord. Lord. He was their Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. He's done. And they, and they were healed. Hallelujah. They were healed. Hold on a sec. Hallelujah. They were healed. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They were healed. Glory to God. Man, I don't know. You know, it, it's crazy. Um, hmm. I'm going to try to help us here. 
We talk about other people's healings. We talk about real life testimonies of other people getting healed in other countries and, and other churches and talked about tonight, my, my daughter's gonna lay her hands, glory to God, ha ha, woo, her, her hands on this, this girl's stomach, she's gonna get healed. But what if all of a sudden it was your healing? You just gonna sit there too? Do you see the difference? Maybe some, maybe some of the reasons why we're not receiving, receiving our, our healing is because we don't really care unless it's about me. And that's not who God is. That is not our Father. I tell you what, something, something I've learned in a short period of time is, is Typically, if we're going through a tough time or something, go pray for someone. And it's weird how many times I've been set free or healed when praying for healing of others. Getting it off of ourselves and getting it onto others. Thank God Jesus wasn't thinking of himself when he went to the cross. Glory to God, he was thinking about us. So when we see people healed and set free tonight, come on. We're seeing heaven touch earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus didn't have a word of knowledge during this situation. He wasn't, he, would, he didn't have a word of wisdom. He was walking and they created an opportunity. They created because they had heard about Jesus. We here in this church, we hear about healings. We hear about Jesus. We know him. We know who he is. We know the authority that he has given us in his name. We know. Are you going to take the opportunity tonight to grab a hold and say, yes, that's mine. I want all of it. Hallelujah. Come on. It's, it's happening. Jesus freed us. He delivered us from the curse of being sick. In Psalms 103, verse 2 through 4, it says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, and who heals all your diseases. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. This, he's an abundant God. It says in verse four, who redeems your life from the pit? Glory to God. I'm not just healed, but I'm saved and I'm in heaven. Amen. Who crowns you with the steadfast love and mercy? Oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like, I don't, I just don't feel it. No, 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 no. He's already crowned you with steadfast love and mercy. It's who we are. It is who you are. Jesus himself tells us his name, to use his name in one of my favorite all-time scriptures in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And, and he says, do you, do you have that, Pastor Wade? Do you have that out there? He says, as I don't want to misquote it, I'm just being real. He says in verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. And they shall recover. In 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on, a tree, on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds, you have been 
healed. You have, it's past tense in 1 Peter 2.24. You've been healed.